When you need to know, ask, ask, ask a pro. Here's a unique look into our golf scene as Liza Churchill sits down with members of the New England PGA. Here's Liza. My guest tonight, calling in from Las Vegas, is Larry Kelly, PGA golf professional from Vermont. Welcome, Larry. Thank you, Brett. Glad to be here. So, Larry, you made a little bit of history this past week in the New England section of the PGA of America. You're a newly elected NEPGA officer, first elected vice president of the sections. How are you doing so far with your uh, new position? Great, great. It's, uh, it's an honor to be elected. Uh, the first vice president of our section, uh, the, as, as we, as you know, you know, we have a, a thousand PGA members in, in and around New England and it's an honor to represent them as one of their officers on the board. Uh, you were elected by a council of your peers. Is that how it works? For those who may yeah. not know. Yeah, we had, uh, we had the largest turnout, uh, on record for, uh, for, for last Friday's, uh, vote at Black Rock in Hingham, Hingham, Massachusetts. We had approximately 240 of our thousand members there. Uh, so, having such a great turnout and people that came from all over New England to support me, uh, to vote for me, uh, that was a it was humbling to be quite honest with you. To be able to represent all those people from the Cape Cod chapter, the Vermont chapter, all the way to the Rhode Island chapter in Massachusetts, that was. Uh, that was neat to see so many friends and, and uh, familiar faces to come down and listen to me, uh, my uh, to what I had to what I had to say, and also to uh, to attend the meeting. So that's that's quite an honor. So when you were at the meeting, everyone gives speeches and then the vote is taken. Yeah, the uh, I, I uh, they have the, our general meeting, and towards the end of our general meeting, it kind of leads up to the big the big finale, so to speak, and. We had two officers, uh, two officer elections. One was unopposed, the secretary of the PGA, and that went to uh, Susan Bond, which ironically, or by the way, was the first female uh, officer ever elected to the New England PGA. So that's quite an honor for Susan. She's at the Weekapah Golf Club in Rhode Island. And then, and then for my uh, for my election, we had two two candidates, myself and a, a gentleman by the name of Chris Carpenter from Nishada Country Club, who's a great golf professional, and he serves on the board with me of the New England section. And we, we give our, our speeches, and we have nom- people that nom- give us nominating speeches. Uh, Donnie Lyons, past president of New England PGA, gave Chris Carpenter's speech, and Jim Remy, uh, past president of the PGA of America and now honorary president, gave my speech. Um, we live in the same hometown in Ludlow, and I used to work for him, so... Uh, then we get up and speak to the audience, and then immediately following, everybody casts their, their ballot, it's a secret ballot, and uh, it's a majority, and so whoever wins by majority, and I was very, very fortunate to win, and I'm, I'm, excited, I'm excited to be there serving our, our association. Were you surprised? or I mean, it must have been an exciting feeling when they called out your name. I'd say I was surprised. Uh, Maybe not surprised. I thought I, you know, from day one when I started my campaign back in the spring, in the middle of the summer, uh, I traveled to all the chapters. We have six geographical uh, chapters. We have Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and the Cape, and then we have the Seniors Association. So I traveled all over New England uh, speaking to each one at their fall meeting. And I had, as I started moving through the chapters, I started to get more confidence and 
the momentum was building a little bit. And then when I got to the meeting in Hingham, I felt very comfortable. Um, I, I spoke, you know, well about my a couple of the things that I like to talk about, which is uh, educating our members, mostly uh, employment, which is a big topic right now. And then the last and I think probably the, the best piece is uh, growing the game. So, yeah, it was uh, – I wasn't surprised, but I was I was really happy, and uh, and it, it was a tight it was a tight victory. I mean, there were a lot of people there um, due to my background being a I, I would say a non-traditional golf professional, and Chris being a traditional golf professional. We still you know golf is rich in tradition, as you know, and we have a we have a lot of a lot of people that want to see our association go in, in a go in a different direction but also with the tradition we want to see it stay the same so it's kind of a, a tug and a, a push and a pull thing with our association and uh, for me to be elected as a non-traditional golf professional uh, not working in a green grass facility was uh, was was very very rewarding Larry, congratulations it's such an exciting win for you you know being the first officer elected in the country. Is it in the country or in uh, the NEPGA section that you're a non-green uh, grass professional? I think it's both, actually. So wow. first one in our in our section, and also the first non-traditional golf professional in our country out of the 41 sections. Which are, if you if you talk about 41 sections, it's like the states in the in America. So I would be like a, uh, you know, if you want to parallel it, a lieutenant governor, or uh, and then when I get to be the president, I'm like a governor of our of our whole of our section. That's very exciting, and again, congratulations! It's a pretty big feat. Thank so, you very uh, some much. of some of your other uh, work experience, you you have worked at clubs before, as you said in Vermont for Jim Remy. Yeah, the um, my work history. You know, I started out just like every golf professional. I started working at a at a country club in Vermont uh, called Crown Point Country Club in Springfield, Vermont, and as a and as an apprentice uh, assistant golf professional, and then I would travel back and forth to Florida. And I worked in a club called Hope Sound Golf Club down in just north of West Palm Beach. So that's where, you know, I learned the nuts and bolts of the game, the uh, my apprenticeship, and and then I obtained my PGA membership in 1996, and I got my first head professional job at a place called St. Johnsbury Country Club in northern Vermont, which is in the Northeast Kingdom. And at the time, I was the youngest head professional in Vermont. So. As I, as I transitioned from Vermont, I went to, um, three years later, I was a head golf professional at a place called Belmont Country Club in Belmont, Massachusetts, which was a high-end private club, um, rich in tradition. Uh, Calvin Coolidge at one point was a member there, and also um, a, it's a Donald Ross design. So I've, I've worked at golf schools for Jim Remy, apprentice back and forth in Florida and Vermont, and then two head professional positions at at some nice clubs. So that's my background on the green grass side. About 10 years ago, I had an opportunity. Cleveland Golf came to me right after David Toms won the PGA Championship, and they were opening a new position in Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine for a sales representative, territory manager. And uh, I had an opportunity to go back home where I'm from in Vermont, raise my family. Uh, My wife and all my family are from there. So it was a... It was an opportunity to stay in the golf business, um, keep my PGA membership, yet work in the in the game in the business that I love. So, and then um, after shortly, you know, seven years maybe later, I started my own company uh, called Five Star Golf Cars, 
and I'm an easy-go distributor for for New England and upstate New York, myself, and and I have two partners uh, who have some golf experience in the golf car industry, and uh, we've been doing this for about two and a half years, and we are officially the leading distributor of easy-go golf cars in the country now. Well, EasyGo has some great products, eco-friendly carts, and yeah, we do actually. So our best, our best product right now that we have is a RXV AC design, which is a, you know, it's 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 out out ahead of it when we're talking about AC power, eco-friendly, uh, low carbon footprint, and uh, and we definitely have it. It's got a kind of a neat braking system. It's like a non-braking system, and I don't know if you've ridden it. Liza, but it's uh, it's really taken off here. As a matter of fact, I'm out here in Las Vegas, and we're we're at the New England PGA Las Vegas Pro Am. We have 250 golfers from the greater New England area, Vermont, Boston, uh, the Cape, and we are out here playing playing in a country club out here that actually runs RXV, which is kind of ironic and kind of neat for to showcase the product out here to all the people from New England. Now, you guys are playing at the uh, Paiute Golf Club there in Las Vegas? Yeah, Paiute has 54 holes. It's a three-day event. And, you know, I came out a, a day early uh, with my wife and my partners, and we're, we're out here kicking around Las Vegas. As you know, Sunday's a great day to be out here because all the, all the sports, the football games are on. And uh, Las Vegas is a city that never sleeps. And, of course, I can't tell you any stories about Las Vegas because <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But right. I will I will tell you we are having a great time out here and this is an event that this is the eleventh year that the New England PGA has run this event out here. And Mike Higgins from the our our new executive director uh, has been here for all eleven years and every year he just keeps making it better and bigger and stronger. And so it's a wonderful end of the season wind down uh for, for golf in New England. The uh, Paiute Golf Club, I, I know they uh, hold an ESPN tournament there that they just had in October as well. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great facility. I mean, if, if you ever get out here, Paiute is one of the, is one of the better facilities. To, it can accommodate large groups or small groups, but it has all the amenities that you need. It's a short drive from the Strip, uh, and I, I highly recommend it. And it's not overly expensive, so, so it's, it's, you'll have fun if you come out here for that. How many teams are there playing in the event? 41 teams, and there are about 250 people from New England out here today uh, for the next next four or five days. So people can so, find the results online, can't they? NewEnglandPGA.com uh, should have results. Uh, I would assume they would have results at some point. They, may, they might not do live scoring for this event, but they'll definitely have results uh, towards the end of the week. We've got some, some pretty good players out here, too. Uh, Ron Philo. Past national PGA uh, champion is out here. Uh, Mickey Heron, who's a, a Cape Cod uh, wonderful golfer from Cape Cod, and we've got a ton of uh, a ton of good golfers out here playing in this event. Scrolling back, Larry, to your position on the NEPGA as vice president. Now that you're newly elected, uh, you must have some goals for the section, and can you tell me about of, some of those? Yeah, a couple of the things that. That I, I like to talk about. I think that's important to our association. Uh, you know, educating our member, uh, educating the, the golfing public about what we do as a, as professionals. Um, you know, it's, it's not just playing and teaching anymore. Golf's a business, and when we're when we're looking at marketing, we're looking at memberships that you know unfortunately are decreasing. 
uh, people are, are, are really looking and evaluating their how their time is spent. Uh, a lot of family time is, comes into play here. So what we're trying to do is educating, you know, the Board of Governors at clubs, the, the, just the normal public, and our, even our own golf professionals, that we have to take a good, hard look at our at who's golfing at our facilities and then try to attract new golfers, junior golfers. And, and a big thing right now, Liza, is trying to attract women golfers to our game. Women women just in general in each household, they, they have somewhere between 68 and 84% of the buying decision power in their family. So if we can attract those people, the women, we know that they, they have the purse strings at their home. So if they can play golf and come out and bring the, bring the family to play golf, we know it's going to be much more successful for golf down the line. And that, that's one of the things that I talk about, um, employment in our own association. Just like employment in America, we're seeing more more unemployment in our own ranks. And people are, you know, a golf course had four golf professionals. They say, you know, we have to do more with less, so we're cutting positions. So that's another thing in education process. We have to we have to prove our value every day to our membership, just like you would if you were in anywhere in America, uh, proving your value to your boss. Um, those are two of my my platform topics and then the last one is growth of the game i've been very successful with golf and schools program first tee golf and schools program in vermont and we've seen it translate into massachusetts and maine right now over the last five years since we started the program in vermont we have 75 elementary schools involved in the golf and skis first tee program which they talked about, if you know a little bit about First Tee, there are nine core values, honesty, integrity, um, sportsmanship, things of that nature that we teach youngsters uh, in, in a gym environment with a PE teacher, and the golf professional comes in, teaches them uh, at, the, at the golf, at the gymnasium, and then they take and have transitional opportunities, which they take the whole class, which is very exciting, take the whole class out to the golf course and expose elementary school children who probably would never be exposed to golf ever in their life, and they expose them to the golf course, whether it's the bunkers, the, the greens, the mowers, the golf carts, the, the kitchen. So all these kids that may never, ever set foot on a golf course are having an opportunity to go to the golf course, and then the golf professional makes them aware of any opportunity they have for free golf, reduced golf, junior clinics, family clinics, um, just a wonderful growth of the game opportunity, and uh, I've been very fortunate to be involved with that up in Vermont. Do you feel like the trend is that more juniors are taking the opportunity for these programs? Obviously, you have 75 um, schools that are participating already. Well, in, in all honesty, um, youngsters are being pulled in, in all sorts of different directions. They have everything is set, schedules are all set for these youngsters. Um, when I was a kid, you know, parents used to drop the drop the kids off at the golf course and just set them free, and we used to hang out on the on the you know downtown or at your house, and it didn't really matter. And the parents would go to work and come back. Now everything is structured. I have two kids myself, eight and ten, and I have soccer here, I have basketball here, I have piano lessons. Everything is so structured. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to make golf expose them at a really early age, get them hooked. Um, and, and the disappointment was. My children, and this is kind of the aha moment, the disappointment was my kids were playing. I'm a golf professional. My kids are exposed to soccer, basketball, 
and then baseball or t-ball at the time. And I looked, at, I looked in the mirror and I said, you know what? The kids are not exposed to golf at any point until maybe middle school or high school if we're lucky. So the average person starts golf at the age of 29. So if you think about that, they start off at 29. How are we going to hook these kids and hook the parents and the families? So that, that's been my biggest goal. So to answer your question, no, it's difficult. But if we get them early and earlier and earlier, I think we have a much uh, greater chance of, of getting them to play more golf. I know that in the past, a lot of the kids, they were just huge fans of Tiger Woods. I think that in the PGA Tour, there's a um, a, a lot more young guns out there that are really um, stylish, like Ricky Fowler, that have taken over that role for the young kids to, you know, yeah. emulate and look up to. Yeah, I mean, the, the beautiful part is every day we have all these young guns like you were just talking about. Keegan Bradley is a great example. Keegan comes from Vermont uh, originally, and I know his father. His father's a PGA golf professional, and, you know, Keegan's 24 years old. Martin Keimer's a youngster. Uh, we have Roy McElroy's is a youngster. And like you said, Ricky Fowler, there's a fashion and a flair. The young kids love how far they hit it, that they're hip. And, you know, we had Tiger Woods. You know, before that, we had Jack Nicholas. Now, then we have Tiger. And, you know, Tiger's not out of the picture by any means. But these new guns, every time they tee it up because of, of, of the attitude that, of Tiger Woods in the past, they think they can win every single time. And that's a great example for youngsters today to have that competitive spirit and know that guys that are just 10 or 15 years older than them are, are out there leading the charge on the PGA Tour. We had that storm, the hurricane recently um, in September, and I know there was a lot of damage to Vermont. Um, how were the golf courses holding up? Was there a lot of damage? Well, unfortunately, there, there was a lot of damage. Uh, I live in uh, Ludlow, Vermont, and we were actually stuck in, in town for two days, couldn't get in or out. Fortunately, the golf course, Okemo Valley, was basically untouched, but as you went farther north, uh, Killington, basically, you couldn't get in and out of Killington or Green Mountain National, which is right in the center of the, straight, the state, on progress farther north, in Randolph, Vermont, and then uh, Northfield Country Club, uh, and then Queechee Country Club. A lot of those clubs, you know, turned into... 18 holes turned into 12 holes, 9 holes turned into 6 holes. So it's going to be a long road back for some of those courses. But, you know, it's the, the funny part about uh, devastation or tragedy is you, you saw a lot of people pull together. A lot of people came out, offered their homes. Other PJ golf professionals offered their homes to people that, that didn't have homes. Uh, other golf professionals that their courses were not touched. They offered the golf professionals the courses. They said, send your members over here. We'll take care of them. So out of this devastation, we saw a lot of great heartwarming stories. And it only a lot of times that's the best part about our golfing community. We care about others, and, and it, it translates through no matter what happens. That, that, was, that was awesome. When they had the devastation in New Orleans, I remember seeing something on the Golf Channel about uh, Metairie Country Club down there in um, New Orleans, and the head pro and and you know people that his family they all got the course back just doing it themselves. If you go to my Facebook page, uh, my own personal Facebook page, I have a photo up there of all the workers at Montague Golf Club. All the members came out and you know with bulldozers and shovels and rakes. And you can just tell that, you know, when it comes to your own golf course or a golf course nearby, people really care. 
and it's it's a own little community, which is uh, it's just it's just neat to see people come together like that. Uh, we're just about out of time, so I want to um, ask you if there's anything else you want to chat about before um, I let you go. I just want to basically like to tell you that it is an honor to be elected as a, the vice president of New England PGA. Every day, I, you know, I think about the members and, and representing our members, no, no matter if they're in, in Bangor, Maine, all the way down to Rhode Island or Burlington, Vermont. You know, every member has the same vote, and it doesn't not just necessarily Massachusetts, which is where we have the highest concentration of golf professionals, but we represent. I represent everybody, and uh, that's one of the things that's it's it's a it's a lot of responsibility, and I don't take it lightly. And uh, I hope I can do it as well as as the people that they they have the the confidence that I will. So I'm really excited, um, and I'm going to put a great effort towards making golf in New England uh, better when I leave. I want to thank you so much for calling in from Las Vegas, and um, best of luck this week at the uh, NEPGA Las Vegas Pro-Am. If you need anything in the future, just give me a call. And for those listeners, if you want more information about the NEPGA, it's NEPGA.com. You're listening to Goldie Bounce Golf Live on 95.9 WATD.